Hi, everyone. Welcome to Healthcare Clarity. My name is David Seike. I unfortunately don't have Anchita with me today because we're in late July of 2022 and the healthcare system, especially in Queensland right now because of COVID, has never been hit harder. And Anchita is there on the front lines taking care of her patients. Thankfully, though, I've got Amran Dillon with me today. Hi, Amran. Hi, David. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Yeah, look, not too bad. And Amran is a, a rural GP anaesthetist and anaesthetic trainee and co-founder at Media Doctors. Is that right? That's right. So it's a bit of a uh, awkward intro there and that that's probably, you know, descriptive of the loops and different journeys I've taken down my pathway in medicine. Um, I've now moved on into retraining in another fellowship. So that's why I'm a, a trainee again, and that is as an anesthetics registrar. But prior to that, finished my training in general practice, but did the rural stream and did advanced training in anesthetics. Uh, just to answer that or confirm that last uh, thing you said about the media doctor's work that I did, I just developed a creative platform just to relay health messages a little bit better and a little bit more in a creative way and that I've had to stop to focus on my other fellowship and exams and it got a little bit hard to do when my other colleague who was helping me had to move overseas to do work in back home in her original country. Yeah, right. So you have a very a long history in education, right? Tell us about that. When, yeah. when did you start us? Long history in healthcare, I'd say, in a, actually having this discussion in a job interview where we sidetracked. And it's been quite interesting. And uh, not that yeah, it's always been smooth sailing. There's always been stumbling blocks along the way. But I think that makes the journey that much more better. And whenever you do stumble, you have to go back to where you began and you use that as a platform to propel yourself further when you are about to call it quits, but to put it in a, a more um, down way. But look, on the upside, I've created a lot of opportunities for myself. And I started in healthcare as a, um, a registered nurse. And if you want to go back one step, I probably started as a disability support worker. So I've gone from disability support worker to a registered nurse working in emergency and intensive care, to medical student, to uh, graduating as a doctor, and then going down the pathway of rural medicine, becoming a general practitioner, and going that little step further and doing advanced training to work as a GP anaesthetist for a brief stint in time, and then coming back to complete it all and be a, a specialist um, medical practitioner, which is probably the hardest thing I've ever done, but it's been quite enjoyable as well. And that's why I'm sticking at it. And hopefully, maybe when I see you in four years time, I can add one more. <laughs> yeah. So what's next after that latest one? Oh, I've always had an interest in um, advocacy. Uh, you've mentioned, you know, in your introduction about how Queensland Health is struggling or how in general healthcare is struggling and there are a lot of things that need to be fixed and you think that there are big problems to fix but 
ideally in, in medicine, they're very little, the problems, and there are simple solutions, but the simple solutions just get plastered behind a wall or get slipped under the carpet. And uh, I think that's where we need more innovation. We meet, need more development in way of trying to make our program better. I think there's a lot of workforce issues that I've always had a passion to trying to fix or to at least bring to the attention of the people in charge. So that's what's led me into my other passion, which is really um, well-being and workforce change and looking at how we can make the job way more enjoyable for the people coming out of medical school who want to go right to the beginning. Yeah, that's fabulous. And so what initiatives do you think are best suited for that sort of purpose? Yeah, look, it's not the first time I've been asked that question. I get asked that question by non-medicos, by medicos, and I've even, you know, grappled with that question and never really had an answer or had an answer, then I've had to rejig my answer. I think all up, it's going to take a, uh, a, you know, it's going to be a a multifactorial approach, but what I've got it down to, and this is one of my more modern thoughts about it, whether or not people agree with me, is we've got to start right at the beginning. And this is where I believe it has to start in medical school. In fact, it has to start before medical school. I used to always wonder why am I the only one that's asking for things to be changed or for asking that roster to be rejigged, telling someone, no, that's not right, this should happen, that should happen. And then I thought, what is it that's so different? And that is because I had started from somewhere else and had industry experience in a different industry to medicine. And I know in the past two years, ours has become the limelight of the world. And that's been a good thing uh, because it's revealed how, how disturbing our IT infrastructure is. It's revealed how our communication systems are so poor you know it's 2020 it was when the pandemic hit and we were still using fax machines you know that that was all in our domain but that all got leaked uh, because we were the center of attention and innovation starts from the beginning and if we can get a diverse bunch of medical students a diverse bunch of doctors graduating then they will have the knowledge and experience of the whole world as one not just a little sector that we often get focused on in our community and then by that we can lead change i think change has to come from diversity and especially in a country like australia where we've got you know a clash of cultures and so many different um, beliefs and ways we operate that we can't just have it in one formula so we have to have a range of solutions and that really does come from you know i sort of sum it up as in in covid before it even hit in australia they already said what was going to happen and it did happen and that is the people with the lower ses so lower socioeconomic status and people with lower access to healthcare, people from areas where it's less education will be the ones that sadly pass away. And we saw that in Western Sydney and we saw that in the north of Melbourne. And it hits home for me because I was actually born in an area where we had 800 people just die very quickly. So 
I think we need to start by changing where we get people coming into, and obviously I'm in medicine, so for me, my passion's in, in, in medicine. So I think we need more diverse people coming into medicine and we're going to see some game changes. And I think, you know, people like Anchita are already a representative of one when you've got someone that's studied two different industries full stop who's, you know, had a pretty amazing journey herself. So. I think that's where I draw my solution to. And I say that because now we've got different people in medicine and we're seeing changes. And why are we seeing changes? Because they're former corporate directors, they're former managers, they're former teachers, they're former nurses, they're former nurse unit managers. They're all coming into medicine. It's a bit it's a bit hard coming into medicine when you're that many steps behind, but I think there are a lot of advantages to that. So I know I've waffled a bit and gone in different directions. It's because I can never really answer that question in, in a couple of lines. No, I, I, I couldn't agree more. I was shocked to find that factors are still a mainstay, especially in GP medical centers. You cannot get by without a fax. Yeah, my, my specialty really is technology and so one of the things that I did was to digitize the fax system as much as I possibly could because, you know, that, that's how you take some of the pressure off the healthcare system. That's how you give time to receptionists, to doctors, you reduce errors, that sort of thing. And it, like you say, it's so important. Um, you just want to have as much time spent on patient outcome as you can. <laughs> I suppose if you ask me that question, I'd say technology is always the way forward. Well, what are your thoughts on that? Technology, yeah. And I don't even know if I said that, but I guess there was facets of, you know, innovation and how do you get innovative and technology is the way. You know, I'm not going to reveal what happens in all sorts of different hospitals that I've worked at, but I think <laughs> much everyone can work it out. And just the sheer amount of time you can just chop off if you had a proper system in place using technology. I saw someone manually inputting data entry through a spread cell, a spreadsheet on Excel and my head was blowing up because that shouldn't have been done. Coming in an hour before you're getting paid to do that when you just need a few buttons to push and kaboom, you can extrapolate the data and slot it in. If you've got anyone with half an IT knowledge base could do it. And this is where, you know, we need to dedicate attention to those systems to have more time for patients. And COVID really pushed it because he had other people interfering with the industry, which was good. And they said, this is crap, this needs to change. So it actually helped to, you know, what was on hold come to the front of the line and go, right, let's make our systems all digital. Let's do our notes, not with a pen, which I've got here. Let's make it all typed up. And things are a lot faster. And in one hospital where I do a particular procedure, I can do it in 10 to 15 minutes, but in another hospital, it'll take me half an hour to 35. And that's not including the procedure time. I'm just talking about the time to write, uh, no matter how fast you write. And, just the whole procedure of even, you can even book things online now. So I think we've got, we have to move forward and, and technology is one way. And the other thing that technology can help in, and you can actually track things. So you can't just simply, um, you know, technology can help even in workplace bullying because it's not your word against mine. It's, I'm sorry, but there's a timestamp there. There's 
exactly what I've said when I've said it. And you can also make people accountable because it's it's documented and it's not lost. It's not a piece of paper that's fallen out or it's not, oh, I can't be bothered writing. I've got to write later and then you forget you go home. It's a, a very quick and easy to put a timestamp, write it. So legally, you know, speaking, it's something that we need to do. Yeah. And tell me about Media Doctors Australia. Well, I developed that um, just as a fun little project to do and it was something that I was interested in and at the time I had so many other interests outside of medicine and I didn't know how to combine them and I was chatting to another colleague of mine and we did our GP training together and I said look I like fashion, I like fitness, I like health, I love my sport still, you know I love my dancing, I do a little bit of this, a bit of that and how do I combine it all because I'd love to get more health messages out, but trying to make it a little bit more personable. How do we, you know, talk about lifestyle health and how do we talk about general medical conditions and try and get them out so people understand it? And then she's like, oh, wow, that's exactly what I want to do. And then it just started from a little conversation on uh, Facebook to meeting up and talking about a plan, how we can do that. And funny enough it has been done all over the world except australia and we thought let's have a crack at it but starting something is really tough and it was a good learning curve and in australia you have to be so careful with what you do and how you do it it's not like america where people plaster themselves advertising products you can't do any of that here so we kept it very simple we kept it well below what anyone else does and it was just a fun way of you know, how do we then engage with the audience? And, you know, ironically, everyone thought, oh, you you know, you were doing this because the pandemic started, but this was all before COVID or coronavirus had even, even hit China that we were discussing this. And it proved to be really important. And then all of a sudden, the um, you know, Australian government had to do it because they had to use funny animations, or not funny, but really interactive animations, people who are you know, personable to talk about things because no general public's going to listen to what a medico says in their medical jargon. And you even hear it when a journalist uh, interviews someone and they go, so yes, lately the um, Omicron variant has caused cardiac respiratory disease and people are, are struggling with their lot of pulmonary problems. And you think, what? Sorry, what did you say? Oh, okay. <laughs> so um, the Omicron variant, I'm just making this all up. You can give you a bit of trouble you know you might be walking up the steps and you might be clutching your chest and you might be feeling that your heart's going quite heavy you might be really struggling to breathe so i really need you to go see see someone or this is what you can do now i've given you two versions of that and the latter is something that someone would understand and the former is what's something that no one would understand and particularly in my community where i've worked where i was born you don't mention something like that you the level of education is not what you think it is because you just think the level of education is what you've learned and everyone that's coming through med or law school of course that education is top notch so understanding and your ability to receive information will be top notch as well you can look at canberra and the north side of sydney and you look at those vaccination rates are near 99 percent and you look at the people in the north if we got it very high but it took a lot of work so that's where i think information is 
and how you relay information is really important. How you engage with people is really important. And that's beyond social media. It also can happen at the interface between the patient and the doctor, you know, be it at a desk or, you know, even in the hospital when you're on your routes. And that can be the difference between someone understanding key health information versus not understanding anything and slip through the cracks. And we see that all the time. And that's why we have public health experts and they came to light. No one even knew about what a public health physician did, but now we do. So that was um, my interest because, you know, I'm all about how do you communicate properly with patients. In fact, how do you communicate properly with your colleagues as well? That's something that still needs to be better developed in my field. Like uh, it, you know, tends to be, you know, communication that's not always received well. And, it tends to be less of a team when it should be sometimes, not all the time. And as I said, like things are changing for the better and we have, we've really improved to put it, you know, as a summary, but there are still many things we can do. Like what, what do you see is the, the best way forward with that sort of thing? Yeah, look, the best way forward, you know, you've already mentioned one thing and that's technology. I think yeah. the other thing is also getting more timing for rest. And it's so easy to compare other people within the health industry and work out why they got better camaraderie, why they got better, uh, why do they seem more happier? And because they do sit down and have a chat with their colleagues and have a break, they do go to a morning tea, they do finish on time and they do organize events. And that's something that I think the medicos have to do better and we have to have more time for gatherings. We see corporate companies do this. They have like well-being sessions, but they're not at work. They pull out all their colleagues and they sit down, whatever they're doing, some mindfulness activity or going out temp and bowling, and they make that effort to build up that teamwork by socialising outside of work. And I see the nurses do this really well, and they tend to have that better grip of communicating amongst each other. And, you know, of course, there's always going to be issues with hierarchy and workplace bullying. That, that's all there. But then how do you then come up with solutions to fix that? And, you know, especially right now in a time where everyone is overworked, we need to be focusing on those basic structures for building up teamwork and building up camaraderie. And that's getting to know people. It's not like you have to know what they eat for breakfast. Yeah. But getting to know the people you work with is important to doing a good job. And in order to do that, I think we need to dedicate some more time to rest and more time for you know social gatherings as well. That's really important. It's hard to do during the COVID when there's a you know pandemic that's going out, like when the pandemic's at its peaks. But definitely when it drops again, you know they're a little moments where there's more than little now that more moments where we can get together and i really see that that's a big game changer because i've been to workplaces where they do do that even within the medical departments and they work better mm -hmm. so what we need is more diversity in the teams people who have worked widely across the medical industry and not necessarily the, the medical industry. Uh, I, I came from a background of finance and Correct. mathematics, yeah. and I was able to contribute a lot to the doctors that I worked with. 
So I completely agree with you there. And also we need more time for mindfulness for the the medicos. Less time spent just seeing patients. Is that does that sum it up? Definitely. And you know, it's a lot of our systems as well that require textbook approaches, which I've just changed to another colleague who's going through, you know, again, like me, trying to attain a second fellowship when we're a lot older and a lot later in the piece. And tick boxes are there and sometimes they sort of obscure the real picture and that is your ability to do well for your community your ability to provide health and your skill to perform tasks so you can do a damn good job yes there's obviously a theory that underpins that and scientific evidence-based medicine but you know the tick box approach sometimes doesn't get a well-rounded person so like you said your finance can contribute but your your knowledge in finance can contribute further on likewise i straight away in my head i re- recall someone who comes from a, a finance corporate type background and they're just absolute go-getters when it comes to saying what needs to be fixed and how it needs to be fixed and real game changes in our industry. Whereas I, and this is where I was trying to go down that line of tick box approach. It starts from primary school, it starts from high school. The things you need to do to number one, get into medical school, the things you need to do to get on these programs, there's so many tick boxes that are just, can you get all these things done? Can you do all these courses? And you think, my God, like 20,000 grand you have to spend on all that. You think, what kind of person from my area where I was born would have that? Yeah, they'd probably get in, but then how are they going to pull all those other funds to get there? And you really need um, more diverse applicants. You, you need to really change it to allow for innovation. I think innovation's the key. Yeah. Like I say, I couldn't agree more. Well, thank you so much for your time. It's been wonderful talking to you and I wish you all the best of luck with your <laughs> your, your latest road of education and with Media Doctors as well. Thank you very much. Yep. See you next time. See you.